Welcome to the After Party, where we talk about what just happened on the show, answer your questions, think about what might happen next, speculate wildly, sing lots of songs, <laughs> and uh, and make worse jokes than we're allowed to make in the show. Hey, now. Hey, uh, now. No, we're not going to go hey there, guys. Now. Too easy, too easy. Dream this over. I'll just wait until you're ready all to right, come back to all class. All right, Miss McLaughlin. Thank you. So listeners may not know this, but for this episode, we weren't actually in the room when each other were doing our tasks. So Brandon and Fish, I don't actually know what you guys did during your segments, just that there was a pair of aviators that came out. Uh, and I will <laughs> I will hear from you off mic about that because listeners have already heard it once. Same, same. So Eric, why did you decide to have us play that way? It was kind of cool and interesting. There's a prevailing rule in D&D to not split the party. You never want people to go off on their own, but sometimes people need to go off on their own. Like, that's life. That's preparing. And I feel like we had this training montage, and all of you are supposed to do your own thing, and it would actually be kind of silly if all of you were supposed to, like, do wrestling training or, like, go read in a library or be inspired by an older woman <laughs> like Amanda was. And I think that's okay. So we, we set it up evenly, and I kind of wanted to have some one-on-one role-playing time. D&D is actually can be done just with a DM and a player, but it's complicated and hard. So I just wanted to kind of mess around and literally make you feel like you went off to do your own thing during the day. Fish, have you ever split your parties before as a DM? Oh, yes. And it's always difficult, and it's always a lot of fun because everyone, including generally the DM, hates the process because it just causes more problems than it starts Wait, why wouldn't you want to split the party? I mean, logistically, it's a nightmare because if you have so many people in a room that you're asking people to leave and come back, it stops the flow of the game. One great way around it is to pass messages to and from or even text now, which is great. We, I know, Dad. Aren't cell phones awesome? Yeah, Newfangled technology. Gosh, Man, my razor is the top of the line. I realize that the more I do this podcast, the older I am. <laughs> That's an aside. Um, I think that the hardest part, though, is to keep everyone entertained. It's yes. not even like splitting the party like, yeah, people will die. But it's like, how do you have six people and then three people aren't doing anything, then three people are. So like when we record, we literally can take the time to like go out and chill out. And I think that's OK. I want to have one on one time with you. And, like, you two can go, like, I don't know, play Flappy Bird for 20 minutes. I personally love asymmetrical gameplay in any form. We had a player betray his group and, like, just basically join the bad guys group in the wow. D&D game I was in that I was DMing. And from then on, he would come maybe every other game. And the in-between games, I would just meet with him one-on-one -on -one before the main players play so we were able to make logistics work in a way that made the game fun for everyone and add this element of cool. So I loved when Eric told me that we were going to be doing this today. I was like, yeah, because this is it's, it's splitting the party is not as awful as it seems. And is the prevailing wisdom don't split the party about the characters or about the players? Because as we mentioned, it can be boring if you're sitting at the table and you're not doing anything. Or is it against like in game, the party should not be split because probably someone's going to die. 
I think it's the characters, right? A good friend of mine was like, even on episode one that we did kind of split the party, was like, oh my gosh, you guys split the party at the beginning. A text, oh. like he, he was doing a live like text as he was listening. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't split the party. He's like, relax, relax. It's okay. It's like I, horror movie logic. Like, exactly. Yes. 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 It's a one yes. episode podcast. Outside. We're all dead at the end of it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that. It's like you never go off alone because then you need to fight the monster by yourself. I, see. I think it's like dungeon crawling mentality. It's like you are a party and you all have pluses and minuses and if you go like one-on-one with a troll a troll can like exploit your weakness very easy yeah and um it's about not dying really quickly i mean even tracy brought up in this episode that we don't currently have healing powers but not everything is is attack not everything is health and dying so splitting the party can be fun because it's not just about whether or not we're about to die but like there could be a lot of bad rolls in a row where Anara and I could actually die. Like that is possible. But like it wouldn't be a podcast if you just it's just Johnny from then on. Oh, that'd be a very sad podcast. Listen, Johnny will have Joe the camel. Johnny will have a cake. Johnny will have oat cake. This uh, briefcase thing, and uh, Johnny will make a mini Nessie or a Tracy or a mini Anara out of dancing lights. It's the Johnny Brigade. And Nara would just look really pissed that she was made to dance, even in dancing form. <laughs> the little light person wouldn't be able to do anything. And excuse me, it's called Tallahassee's Bag. Thank you very much. Also, it's going to turn oh. into a crocodile and it's going to eat you if you do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon doesn't know the secret word yet, but he'll, he'll figure it out. <laughs> I do like that we thought to ask about a healing potion. Like we asked, I think, some good questions at the end of that episode, not knowing what each other got up to. But what was the experience like of playing one-on-one with the DM? I loved it. When you play with four players, like there is some a little bit of like, not a bad way, but like tightrope walking. You have to like give people space to talk and give people space to react. And maybe you have a line in your head that's like, or a, an action that would be super fun. But like, you know what, Anara is actually that's a better move at that point. Like that's better audio or better for the gameplay. But in this moment, like I got to like kind of just be like weird and silly and and also like accomplish things all at once. And like the spotlight was on Tracy for a bit and. Um, yeah, I just had a really good time. Like, and then it it is a weird experience that I'm just in here with like a single person, like doing character voices and being weird people. But I do that all the time with my friends. So like, we have characters that we make up. So it's I don't know. It's it's just like it's really fun. For the same reasons, I felt a lot of pressure. Um, again, new person in the game, knowing that I was the only person who could carry the action forward. If there was like a question posed to me or a riddle placed in front of me I was like what what if I don't get it like like the other people aren't here to help but at the same token I don't know it I think it forced me to commit to some character choices and to do stuff in a way that I might not have taken the time to like interrupt you guys and do something you know if all of us were here at the table or just would have kind of hung back and waited and you know it's conveniently an Inara thing that I'm getting better at that as time goes on, but I think it was also a nice kind of trial run of what it would be like to approach role-playing, assuming that I'm the one driving the plot forward. Yeah, kind of put your feet to the fire a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's always a good time when Johnny's able to creep someone else out. Um, <laughs> and it's never the time. on purpose. Every single it's time. It's never on purpose. He's always trying to be like, Tammy and Taylor, y'all are cool. And they're like, ah, it's an old man. And then with Ella, it's like, read this interesting facts about this religion that I am the only one who believes in. And she's like, I found your diary and why'd you pee yourself all the time? Like, just (laughs) come on. Hey, why did you do that? Listen, okay. Listen, it's your fault for telling me that the Book of Light had your diary in it. Like, what was I supposed to do? It's a diary manifesto reference book and apparently now calculator. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But for me, I actually really like it because 
off mic and just in our day-to-day lives, I'm always thinking about and pestering the three of you, especially Eric, about my thoughts on The Undying Light because I am viewing it as a manifesto, as a almost cult, almost – I think it's real. I think – like really think it's real in terms of not my human Mikey but like in the game and character. I'm losing the script here. I'm Is this entire crazy. podcast just your way of converting us to this weird cult that you're actually starting in real, real life? In this the... would be elaborate evangelism. I mean it's working a little bit. I mean, it's about Wait, positivity. Is our, is our logo actually the undying light? Is the undying light shaped like a D10? Oh, my God. D8, whatever it is. I'll never <laughs> tell. And Fish does end text to us with may the undying light be with you always. Right. Um, and so for me, it's just fun to, like, collaborate with Eric on mic about it and get some stuff out there about it. So that was just fun. And sort of final observation that I have anyway about the sort of one-on-one break with form that we did this episode is we also have to decide what information to tell each other. There have been a couple instances where our characters learn things so far that other characters didn't know, but us as players were here to witness that. And so, like, I don't know the full shape of what y'all did during your sessions and vice versa. Um, So I think it's kind of cool. Like, it, it sort of gives us more choices and more agency over information sharing in character. Yeah, so normally, like, anytime you're playing any D&D game, you have to, like, do this really tight walk of, you know, what does my character know, what do I actually know, and then actually, like, think of yourself what your character would do as their lack of information. But in this case, even as we're recording, I literally have no idea what y'all two did. Besides what we, like, said briefly in the episode, I still have no idea what you guys did. And I think that's, like, it adds in a whole other dimension to the gameplay in that I'm forced now to make decisions that my character would make based on a lack of information, which is, like, more real to real life. And, I mean, I don't think Johnny would go through and say every single thing he found out from that. That's just not how he would go. He would say the relevant things that would be interesting to the group, but I think Johnny knows why he's glowing. I think he's not going to tell them. I think Johnny knows a lot more about the Undying Light now. I think Johnny's not going to tell them. But he'll talk about the challenge. He'll talk a little bit about the concentric states, but... Will he preach to me at some point? Oh, every day, honey. Everything he says. Everything I say. I think if you have a chance to enhance dramatic irony in gaming and, I mean, in theater in general, you might as well take that shot. So I want that. And if we're going to record this thing that is, even though it's gaming or whatever, that is literally a piece of art, it is my job as the DMs to try to enhance that. And from an audio standpoint, it is a smart move because, like Brandon said, it forces us to be a little more resolutely in character when making decisions because all we have is what our character knows from the other characters. But it also makes us explain ourselves on mic more because I assume less about what you guys are going to do in a situation. Or when I ask questions, I have to ask questions to you as my character because I don't have that insider knowledge of of what just happened 10 minutes ago on the other side of the table. So I think, you know, I don't know, maybe a suggestion or a challenge for our fellow gaming podcasters. Like maybe it's interesting to experiment with one-on-one, splitting up the party, other sorts of formal things that you can try to make the experience of recording and of listening a little bit different. I don't know. Got very meta. (laughs) <laughs> I'd like to shout out the patrons that I used for NPC names. Ella the Librarian is Ella B from New Zealand. Thank What's you, up, thank Ella you, thank B? you. Uh, Your note was so sweet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm so uh, sorry about what you read in the diary. <laughs> uh, Horkley was Ben Horkley, another one of our patrons. Uh, can I say the coolest name? Very I'm good naming name. my first child that. Horkley? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's awesome. He's pretty great. And finally, our head of guard was Rose Battlestroke, which I took from Kaylee Rose, who was one of our first listeners and is very dope and talks to us on Twitter all the time. You go, Kaylee Rose. You're killing it. I also like that name, but 
<laughs> so uh, something that happened this episode, other than me being glowing, that we didn't talk about is that I leveled up. Other than a few extra spells, uh, slots, and things that I can do, including a new cantrip, I will decide. My ability scores went up, which means I'm going to be better, better, better. I remembered I have Daylight, which is a cool spell. But also, I just got something called Fire Shield, which, just like this aura, in fact, I think it'd be cool if the aura just changes colors to either red, which is the hot one, because it creates an aura of either red light or an aura of like a bluish light, which is hot or cold resistance, and it, it emanates light as well because, duh, it's Johnny. If someone attempts to hit me melee, it does 2d8 damage of either hot or cold as it bursts. Tight. We all grew up in the 90s. Is this aura your mood ring? Uh, Yeah. I'd say yes. I like that in the in the text of this spell. It says you have a chill shield. Yeah, it does I say really that. need a chill shield. Oh, I should, like, I should like say, chill I should, out, man. I'll write that down in my thing. Hashtag chill shield. Hashtag. It's a hashtag yeah. chill shield. I have a question from the Twitters. Woo. Hey. This is coming from Julia Shafini. I don't know who that is. Hmm, never heard Who's of her. Who's that? Who's she that? Sounds pretty cool. I should probably start a podcast with her. She sounds <laughs> fine. She seems okay. Didn't I have a beer with her last night? Probably. Weird. Hmm. Who is your dream guest NPC, and what kind of a role would they play? It'd be cool if Julia was on the podcast. Oh, my God. David Boreanaz. David Boreanaz, please get at us. Bones. He's such an angel. Uh, And he would play. (laughs) Wow. That just hit me. (laughs) He would play. What's, uh, let me think about who we play. Didn't we talk, uh, someone in here and me talk about who I think the voice of the Undying Light should be? No, no. but I, I have an answer before you say that. Oh, can we, yeah, can rem- we all like, fantasy cast it. that? Can we all fantasy cast the voice of the Undying Light right sure. now? Oh. Yeah, okay, so think about it and then we're going to say it on three. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. You do your one. I'm going to say David Boreanaz. Okay. Oh, he's <laughs> such a good answer. Ready? So I'm going to say three, two, one, go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Maybe the other batch. That, none of that worked. Sophia Let's try Bogart. it again. God, keep cutting me off. Why are we doing it all at the same time? Yeah, that's not Because it's funny. So, I just achieved, I, I arrived at the same thought. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go around the table and rapid fire. When I point at you, say who you want to voice the undying light. We will break for laughter at the end. Like a middle school band performance, we're going to clap at the end of the night. Okay, ready. Vin Diesel. Uh, Nathan Lane. Benedict Cumberbatch. Sophia Vergara. <laughs> uh, Nathan Lee would be hilarious but no seriously my guest NPC is Vin Diesel and I think he should play the opposite of a fighter which would be I don't know like a, a celestial being that, yeah. that uh, voices the undying light I would actually genuinely if if Martin Freeman came on the show holy shit are you kidding that, that would be cool. cool that would be so much fun I could see him playing He's such a good character I could actor. see him playing Tracy in in a movie yeah I definitely want one of the representatives of the other four city-states. I want one of them to be Estelle, who voices Garnet yes, in Steven Universe. Yes. So and just good. like that, like, mo- it's not even like mono- monotone is like doing it, not doing it justice. Like her calm demeanor. Delivery, and like, yeah. that's like powerful. I'll tell and being, you. And being, I want that. I'll tell you what. If I could, if we could have like anyone who's worked on uh, Steven Universe on this, I oh, want yes. all of them. And yeah. I want Rebecca Sugar to write a song for us. That's if we're talking about <gasps> dreams, because oh, there's moments in this podcast where in my head I'm just singing in my head one of the songs because it just matches what's happening, and I just yes. or I'm deciding that it matches what's happening in the songs. And I'm just like, I, I can always use some inspiration, bro. Send those over to me. Okay. Yes. 
All right, we got some questions from our Discord. Thank you, Discord. We're going to start with Brendan, who really wants to know how many bagels Anara can fit in her mouth. They need an exact number. You know how there's a, a dozen, that's 12 bagels, right? Then yeah. there's the baker's dozen, which is 13, which has really interesting roots actually in taxes on bread in England. Hit me up on Twitter at Chiso McKee. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, I'm but doing then, it right now. then there's the Anaris dozen, uh, which is 14 bagels, and that is the max. Anara- if they're flagels, it can be 21. Oh, geez. She can just like unhinge her jaw and just like to eat bagels. Uh, like dwarves in Artemis Fowl, yes, she can. That sounds about right. Just so that it's clear, Brandon is literally tweeting <laughs> Amanda right now asking this question. I will text you on the subway home, Brandon. Don't worry. No, tweeting. I will tweet you on the subway home also. Beautiful. Um, Nessie the Squirrel Owlbear asked, where was Stoneface? Uh, where is in Stoneface? Am I right? That's the better question. He is the eye in the sky, man. He's in our hearts, truly. Always. And in our vocabularies when we're making fun of each other. Pomegranate had a ton of questions for us. The first one is for Inara. We have the, the photo of the dog wearing pants. So uh, how does uh, Oatcake wear her pants? Does she wear them like on her bottom half? Here's the photo. Or the you wear them on the half. bottom half or on the back half? Oatcake doesn't wear pants because she is a free creature, but it would be on the back half if she needed to wear pants. <laughs> I love that. If for some reason you have no idea what uh, we're referencing because you've never been on the internet, no worries. Tweet at join the party pod and we will either DM or just post the picture because come on. You, uh, you have I to hadn't seen it before today. I'm really? Tweet, I'm yeah. tweeting that right now. Okay, cool. Uh, we also have a question from Pomegranate around DMing. So a question for Eric. How would you say your overall DMing style has changed between now and when you first started way back in the day, a.k.a. several months ago? <laughs> <laughs> or are there any moments that came to mind when something happened in a game, either run by you or someone else, that made you really want to change or implement something about how you ran things? You know what's really funny is that the thing that's changing my DMing style are audio dramas. Uh, the more that I listen to how the audio space can be pushed is actually the way that I'm changing my game. Um, When I first started DMing, I really liked the idea of making players actually play games within the game. So one of the first things I ever did was a green dragon activated its domain feature around this um, mountain, and it created this maze of vines. So I made all of my players role survival to see if they could get through and then I gave everyone actual mazes to do like paper mazes on the table it was very cool yeah so like if you rolled really poorly you got a really difficult maze if you rolled really well you got a really easy maze and then whoever got through the maze that would dictate what would happen next Um, and I was kind of like meeting my players where they were I was like you are playing a game I want you to play a game while we do this but I'm realizing especially as we do this on mic is that all I want to do is push what fiction or storytelling can sound on a microphone. And that's really what we're doing. We're storytelling together. We're doing something really strange. I mean, Brandon's going in there and editing and sound designing this whole thing. So if I create something with our plot, something that can really push the bounds of audio of what you're listening to in your head, I'm going to do it. So it can be as weird or as strange and really it's whatever I can make my voice do or whatever your characters can push on. I stole those mazes and attempted to solve them myself, if I recall correctly. <laughs> you did. You got. You did the easy one really well. Oh, I mean, come on. It was, the hard one was too hard? It was for like four-year-olds, though, I got to say. 
Yeah, I rolled the worst and had a super hard maze and felt very unqualified for life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Nessie just added a question. Will there be squirrel races in the campaign? I'm asking for a friend. Nessie, you are obsessed with squirrels. There are no squirrel races in this game. No, why can't we add some squirrels just for Nessie? I want there to be squirrels in our fantasy universe. Or maybe there will be. Who knows? We have a DM question for Fish. This is also from Pomegranate. Since you have experience as a DM, are there times when you want to do something that assumes more of a DM role, like suggest a story thing or anything more meta, but then you have to remind yourself that you're just a player in this one and you force yourself to step back, or does being a player come easier than that to you? Uh, All the time. Is all the time the uh, all the time? I mean, and this is definitely a me thing because, as Eric very much knows, DMing is tough work. I find it easier to DM than to play because I feel very limited in a player. All the time, I'm thinking as Mikey, as Johnny, and then as a DM of like, what am I going to say or do next? And I'm constantly stopping myself. I'll have moments where I'll start like either table talking or doing something, and I'll say, "Hey guys, actually." That's not correct. That's not what Johnny would do or that's not what I would do. So for me, that's what I'm doing more is the stopping myself from thinking like a DM and and allowing myself to play more, which is actually a weird experience because I'm not the most comfortable with it, but I'm enjoying it and it's a lot of fun. Mm. Is that the same for you, Eric? I think I've seen you play a couple RPGs and you're a really fun player as well. Like, Is one of them easier for you? Hmm. I mean, I think being a player is easier for me because someone else needs to deal with the consequences. One time I was playing a game where we went into uh, a tavern kitchen and my guy was a cook on a ship. And the first thing that I did was run into the kitchen and try to invent jalapeno poppers. Were you successful? (laughs) I was successful in inventing jalapeno poppers. Cream cheese? Yeah, absolutely. And see, as a DM, that, what you just said, triggered my, oh, I get to make rules about this now, and I get really excited. So that's that's where... (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that building out a world and having it on tape, though, is like, I feel so... I don't want to say I feel precious, but like I care so much about what this podcast becomes and where the plot goes, especially from like the place that we've nestled ourselves, like in between an audio drama and a real play and whatever else improv, like whatever the hell Magic Tavern is, whatever you call that. Like, I feel like I care so much about what happens that it's like, yes, I should. I want to be DMing on microphone. I don't know what it'd be like to be a player on microphone. That'd be kind of crazy. Amanda, do you ever feel like DM jealousy at all? Like, is it something you've ever wanted to like try and explore? Uh, no, I definitely do <laughs> not envy the responsibility. I think part of it is being busy in life and and not having the hours to put behind building out this world. Um, I mean, I'm I'm also the kind of person who's like a choose your own adventure completionist. Like, I'll I'll read a Goosebumps choose your own adventure book cover to cover until I've read through all of the permutations and. I really want to like see the totality of the world. Like if there's a fantasy series where there are like additional books published later about world building stuff and like corners of the universe that we never got to see, I'll inhale those. So the idea that I could put work into preparing something that the players just totally bypass, I think my control freak nature would just not be able to deal with. I think I have the same exact problem, especially when I'm like writing the campaign. I need to write out like, oh, this person has a whole life. Like, what's their story? And I write out their whole story, and then I end up with 300 pages of material that 
200 pages of material gets thrown out the window. And I think I feel that too as we're playing, like talking about the tensions within ourselves that we're dealing with. I can feel you doing so much more character backstory than you're able to bring to the table or maybe deciding how much to talk about the motivations behind your actions and just doing the action. Whereas I, to be quite honest, a lot of Anara, I just feel on the spot and I just do as it comes up, which for me is like a creative step outside the box of trying to like, inhabit a character and let decisions come as they may. If you think uh, Brandon is like prepping and thinking a lot about his character, Eric is like prepping and thinking about all these things that we will never go to. My advice that I think I may have written in, ooh, shout out to our blog posts. You should read them. I've been writing advice for players and then also for DMs, especially first timers. So Amanda, you have to try DMing at least once, even if it's a one shot. I'll I'll DM a one shot for us. It will be... You'll you may probably hate it, but that's totally fine. Uh, the statistic that's completely made up, like all statistics, is seventy five percent of everything you prepare is thrown in the trash or something like that. Like somewhere, you, Nate Silver just rolled over in his grave. Whatever, his metaphor. Nate, Nate, Nate Silver dead. Nate, <laughs> Nate Silver died no. and then rolled over in he his grave. He sleeps in a cavern, guys. That's where he I just listened to the podcast powers. It, it's just it, you're going to throw away most of what hey, you prep. The stat cave. <laughs> Uh. see guys i make up lore on the spot man i should just like fucking improv my dming i can do it sorry mikey so i know the pain that eric is having and i sympathize and empathize and i will not stop throwing wrenches i gotta say though what you guys think are wrenches are really more like bridges for me here's one thing for example you guys jumped out that window in episode three right just because you jumped out that window didn't mean you weren't going to meet Stoneface. Didn't mean you weren't going to go in the alchemy room. I had these things set up. Like, obviously, a castle still has these rooms. But, like, wherever you go, maybe you'll stumble into them in a different way. I often think about what happened if we had gone to the other rooms. Yeah. If we had walked down there and we went to the other rooms and we never went specifically. Or, like, we got to Stoneface later, but we never met him as quickly as we did, which he's impacted us so much. I think about if you guys went to the trophy room at all before Tracy went to it or any of the other rooms that I had set up that we didn't even get to before you went to go see Stoneface. I still would have bothered Ella. Oh, yeah. You definitely could have bothered if you, like... Um, She's still my friend. You guys want to take... Can our Christmas card this year be us us four with Stoneface in it? Our, our party's Christmas card? Yeah. Absolutely. But that Eric, sounds great. Eric, too, like in a cloud or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and they'll tack it up above all of the places that we've been just as a like little infamous calling card. Because, yeah. Like these these fools impacted our lives that's probably what, negatively. That's the real thieves can't. It's just. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. <laughs> so it's just as much like throw out, but also repurpose or reimagine or like rebridge. Sometimes what happens is that all that happens is the route changes. But inherently, when you change the order of events, plot is different. Character creation is different. And that just makes me really happy. I picture it like playing Betrayal in House on the Hill. And all of the tiles from the different floors are kind of spread out disparate on the table. And it's up to us to find the hallways and the dumbwaiters and the stairs that make all those rooms come together. Right. That game is like you have the same amount of rooms. You have the same rooms every time. Nothing changes. It's just the different times you flip the rooms and how these things happen together. Yeah. The order and configuration in which they appear. Yeah. So shout out to our new medium, 
We are really excited about it. Our patrons have been enjoying these blog posts for months now, but we are going to kind of polish up and publish the best of them later after the patrons have a chance to read them for the world. Eric shared his mechanics behind Fantasy Chopped. He is our fantasy Ted Allen, and it is worth bringing into your own campaigns. So check that out. Mikey's all kinds of amazing advice for DMs and for players. Like he said, I wrote a little bit about D&D from a queer perspective, and I'm reviewing games from a newbie's perspective. And Brandon has all kinds of incredible stuff about making audio and also making games for audio. So that is at medium.com slash, and then the at symbol, join the party pod. So you can find us there, find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and all the normal places. We're also closing in, I think, on 60 iTunes reviews. So we are really stoked about that. It is genuinely, actually, really, really good for the show. So if you want to open up Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or on any desktop computer of any maker model and just give us a hopefully five-star rating, tell us something nice, make a pun, do it in the voice of Stoneface, do it in the voice of Tammy and Taylor, do whatever you want but we're going to be reading our favorites and tweeting them. So we would really appreciate your help that way. I love the medium so much. It makes me so happy. If you want them in the beginning, you can donate to our Patreon. So like all of our Patreon people have already read these. Absolutely. You can join our dope group of patrons in the Discord where we ask for questions for these after parties. You can read the NPC backstories that Eric writes for some of these characters that may not see the light of day as much as he planned in each episode. (laughs) They are really good and beautiful and have been formally really interesting. We're both literature majors, so it, it makes me happy whenever we kind of play with form and do one that's all dialogue or all backstory or in the form of a whatever uh, screenplay. So it's it's been really fun. Form oh God, of gotta, screenplay. I got to do one in the form of a screenplay now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Just... Form usual, of a quatrain. <laughs> so, so the Wonder Twins <laughs> have these sorts of groups. I don't get it. We'll have to talk about it after. Yeah. The after after party. So however you help us, however you're listening, you made it to the end of the after party, and we are so grateful that you are here. So thank you again. We can't wait to talk to you, and you will be hearing from us in the next episode. In the meantime, don't be so scared to split the party. Sometimes really interesting audio happens because of it. (laughs) And don't be afraid to wrestle. And don't be afraid to talk to librarians. And don't be afraid to come up with random characters for all of your players to interact with, because it will probably be fine. Librarians are great. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Undying Light be with you. Bye.